Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, your boy Q. We are efforting right now. The Hall of Famer Rod Woodson going to try to get him on in a matter of minutes to talk all things XFL and his opportunity as the head coach of the Las Vegas XFL team that gets started in February. We've been uh, reacting to the news of Denzel Good retiring. That's an offensive lineman that was going to be competing for one of the starting guard spots. Now we don't know who's going to fill that void. And look, don't know if Denzel Good was going to fill that void to begin with. Don't know if he was going to be healthy enough to be out there. Uh, I think that health has a lot to do with it. We saw him last week uh, take a pay cut, a significant pay cut. Went from three-something million dollars to basically just over one million dollars. So it was a pretty significant pay cut to me. It made me feel like the Raiders were kind of on the brinks of releasing him, letting him go, and I think that they gave him an opportunity. Hey, if you want to stick around, uh, you have to take a pay cut. He did, and then all of a sudden he just decided that uh, no thanks, but no thanks, and he's decided to retire. So, uh, again, we've been reacting to that. I threw the question out there to you on the Raider Nation listener line and also the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What is the biggest concern for you as pads come on on Wednesday? And this is before I knew that Denzel Good was going to retire. The status of the offensive line or the lack of experience of an established corner? Because, again, they have guys there. They have guys that have been in the league for multiple years, you know, four, five, six years, but they just haven't done a whole lot. They haven't been uh, under the guns and, and under the bright lights a whole lot. So uh, those are the questions that I threw out there, or that's the question I threw out there to you, and I uh, would love to hear from you again at 69187 keyword R&R. And as I mentioned, uh, we are efforting Rod Woodson right now. We should be able to get him on in a matter of seconds to talk about his opportunity with the XFL. We'll also talk about some training camp uh, experiences and and what he went through uh, as a young man coming up in the NFL. And now joining us on the phone lines is the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. And uh, let's start this off with uh, congratulations, coach. Uh, How's it feel to be the head coach of the XFL team here in Las Vegas? Uh, It's always a good feeling. I mean, anytime you can you know, be a head coach, I think, in any capacity, at any level. Uh, uh, that's what all coaches want. Uh, and to bring uh, kind of like the Vegas way of doing things, uh, you know, scared money don't win no money. That's going to be our philosophy. So we're going to be aggressive <laughs> in, on all sides, in all facets. So uh, uh, I'm excited about it. What was the, the, the plan of attack? How was it told to you that the, what the XFL, how, how they were going to represent and, and how they were going to establish themselves? Well, I mean, you know, for uh, the XFL and the way, uh, you know, Danny and, and Dwayne uh, want to do it with Redbird Capital um, is, you know, it's going to be a fan-friendly a fan uh, league, a fast-paced league, uh, a league of opportunities for the young players. Um, you know, the way that's going to be set up is that uh, the hub city is going to be uh, Arlington, Texas, uh, but then the individual teams will play their home games in their own city for the first year. And I think they're going to revisit it after that. Um, uh, so, you know, the Vegas team, uh, you know, we'll practice in Dallas, but then we'll play our games uh, in Vegas. 
Okay. All right. That was actually that was one of the questions that someone asked me earlier. It's like, hey, Q, you know where the, the games are going to be played? And I said, no, but I'll ask Coach when we talk to him. So there you go. Uh, practice in Dallas and play in Las Vegas. Again, we're talking to Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer, the new head coach of the XFL team that's going to be playing here in Las Vegas. Excited about that. And, and, and Coach, uh, as far as your players go, I mean, how, how, does, how do you go out and, and find your players? How do you recruit your players? What, what's, what's the process of building your team? Well, I mean, obviously we had uh, six showcases across the country uh, recently, so we'll look at those individuals outside of, uh, you know, guys who played in the USFL who's not under contract and maybe whose contracts were coming uh, up at the end of the year. Uh, obviously also, you know, the cuts be coming around, you know, late October for, or excuse me, late August for the NFL uh, teams, uh, so some of those guys will be available. So we'll look at all three uh opportunities um to, to bring players in and you know different you got to bring you know we're going to have 50 guys on our roster so we're going to have 50 50 different pieces and i think they're going to come from all different uh all different places how much did you watch the usfl and just kind of see what they had going on as they just wrapped up well i mean i've always watched football so be it the usfl be it the alliance be it the xfl the first time or second time um you know, i've always watched the indoor arena football uh the spring leagues you know I, i've watched it um, you know, football is football. I mean, at the end <laughs> right. of the day, uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's the same game. Uh, you know, obviously in the National Football League, that's where the best of the best of the best play in the world. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're a football fan, if you're a football fan, if you love the game itself, um, you kind of watch all aspects of it. And, Coach, you mentioned earlier Las Vegas, and that's obviously the team that you're going to be the head coach of. But how much have you just seen this city blow up with all these different sports teams coming here and wanting to be a part of this market? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's going to be amazing, uh, I believe. Uh, you know, I, I love how they, you know, really took, taking in the, uh, the Golden Knights when they first got there. You know, I've been in, living in Vegas for three years now. Um, you know, love, love to see, you know, how they – followed and, and, and come in droves since you can't come back to the the game for the Raiders. Um, you know, I know the summer league, it, it's always packed in the summer league for the basketball. Uh, I know the, the minor league baseball team always has a really good crowd. So you know, I, I think the fans uh, really support the teams that have come through uh, Vegas, and they've always done a great job of that. Uh, so hopefully – you know, we're going to be the, the, the new team on the block, so to speak, in the XFL because, uh, you know, the last time the XFL was around, you know, the old Outlaws, I believe it was. Yeah. And I think it was He Hate Me. Yeah. Uh, probably, <laughs> that's probably the best nickname uh, out of all the, uh, all the XFL uh, time frames of, you know, being in existence. But the, the 3.0, uh, it's going to be the, you know, hasn't been there for a while. So hopefully we can grab some of those old fans back in and, uh, and start following us again. You're right. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Coach Woodson, you mentioned all the XFL showcases that the league has had. Is there anything that stands I don't want you to tip your hand too much about players <laughs> that you've seen, but can you give us some insight about how well these showcases went for the XFL? Well, I think it went well. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, some of the guys who, who came through, you know, obviously some played in the league. Some are just coming out of college. Uh, some have played in different leagues. Um, you know, you're looking at guys, and I think sometimes as a coach, you got to you got to think out of the box. Uh, I've seen a lot of players probably was trying out at one position, um, but I probably would not play them at that position. I would try them somewhere else. 
Um, so I think, you know, a lot of the coaches that, that you know, that were watching the showcases saw a lot of talent there. Um, and I think we, you know, we're thinking about different guys, at some, at, some at the positions they were at, but some at the positions they probably hadn't played for a couple of years. Coach, what does football mean to you? I know this is another opportunity to be, uh, you know, a, a head coach uh, in the XFL, but you've been a coach before, and it's just obviously football is in you. But what does the game mean to you? Well, I mean, faith and family uh, has been my anchor throughout my life, uh, but football has always been my lifeline. Uh, it's what I've done since I've been nine years old. Uh, everything I have in my life, for the most part, is become is because of ball uh, in some capacity, be it playing, be it speaking about it, talking about it, being on TV, being on the radio, being, coaching it. It's, been, it's what I've done for since I've been nine. Um, it's what I love to do. It's my passion. Uh, I, I think the really great coaches can be good coaches, but also mentors to the gentlemen, the young men that we're going to have to make them better men, uh, better sons, better teammates, better brothers. Uh, and if we can do that, uh, we put a better product on the field, yes, but also in our communities. Talking right now with the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, DeMont Cotton, your boy Q. And, and Coach, uh, the Raiders, they've been in training camp now for four days. They're going to hit pads, are going to go on on Wednesday. When you were first in training camp, you know, the first four days or first five days, whatever, when you were trying to get acclimated, what was that ramp-up period like? Uh, I mean, there was no ramp-up period when we first got there. <laughs> when, I first, when I first came in Lane, we were putting pads on day one. <laughs> We didn't get no. We didn't have OTA ones and twos and threes. <laughs> right, right. We we just started hitting. Um, so it's a little different today. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, when I was first came in, uh, we were in training camp for about five weeks. You know, today guys are in about seventeen, eighteen days. Um, it, you know, it's, it is a lot easier on the body. But I I think you're just trying to you know really trying to get the kinks out. I mean, obviously you haven't really played, even though you've gone through the OTAs and all that stuff. It's still not game speed. So you're trying to get all that back out. But then also, you know, getting that camaraderie back with your teammates in the locker room. I, I think that's the biggest part. I think really good teams always have a, glo- a close relationship outside of football. Um, so building that back up as you come back into training camps is going to be critical for uh, for the Raiders. How concerning is it that the secondary of the Raiders, in particular the cornerback position, they don't have guys that are established. I mean, they've been in the league for a while, and they've had some good moments, but they haven't had a whole lot of consistency, and that's really who they got right now. How concerning would that be? Well, you know, uh, numbers don't make the player. The player make the numbers. Uh, guys have great opportunities to make a name for themselves. Um, that is a question mark for that position, uh, but that'd be a challenge. If, if I'm if I'm the coach for the Raiders at that position, I'm challenging my guys to to you know to step forward to be that guy. They have the talent. You mm-hmm. know, most most times it's not about talent because most guys have the talent. Sometimes it's about a, uh, focusing in on a day to day basis. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, football is a very simple game, but it's not easy to play at a high level on a consistent basis. And you try to get the guys to start believing in themselves. And if they can do that, then I, I think they can put that position because there's been a lot of great corners that come through uh, through the you know the Raiders franchise. Right. So it, they can make that a, a, a staple once again. Yeah, no, that's that's something that's always been uh, you know a staple of the silver and black is great corners, great safeties, and, and you know very well as you were were one of them, and you're a Hall of Famer. So uh, we're talking right now with Rod Woodson here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Uh, what have you thought about the the moves that the Raiders and their new regime with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly, what they've been able to do as far as the talent that they brought in this year for Derek Carr offensively and also like Chandler Jones, Rocky Sin defensively. 
Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I think the offense is going to be fine. Um, I think Josh is a tremendous offensive-minded coach, uh, and I think he has learned from his time as being a head coach in the National Football League. So I don't really think that the offense is going to be an issue. I mean, obviously getting Devontae Adams is a critical piece to the puzzle. I mean, he's just one of the best receivers in the National Football League, and pairing him up you know, with Waller, a great slot receiver that they have, nice running game. I, I think they're going to be fine. You know, my question mark is always going to be with the defense right now, uh, just for the fact that they went from, you know, you, you go from a 4-3 a, a, a to a 3-4, uh, you know, so that's my question mark. How does it fit? How does it all work in? Yes, they bring in Challenge Jones, so he, he solidifies one of the outside backers' positions. Um, you know, I'm, I, I would like to see how that comes together, and if it does come together, I, they definitely can be a reckon uh, or a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, Coach Woodson. When it comes to retiring, we just got word that Denzel Good, the Raiders' offensive lineman, is retiring just at 31 years old. For you, when you knew to hang it up, is it a factor of maybe just not wanting to rehab for injury, or just that brutal grind that is training camp and getting ready for an NFL season when you know that you could still physically be able to play on game days? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, for me, you know, it was. I played 17 years, and I didn't, I didn't feel like doing any more rehab, so <laughs> I'm out. You know, for a guy his age, he can probably still play. Uh, maybe he just doesn't think he can play at the level that he wants to play at. Uh, I, I, those those decisions are a little harder, uh, especially when you're at that age, because it's one of those question marks if you still can play or not, and, and if you still want to, you know, do you still have that drive? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that drive, it's the smartest thing to do is to, you know, to, to hang it up. Uh, but if you know, I know if he still had the love for it like he had in the past, that he he'd still be suiting it up and and lacing his, his cleats up to go out there on the practice field. What do you think, or how do you, how does it how does a, a team react when a guy retires early in camp that you thought was going to be in a critical position like the offensive line? Well, it, it doesn't matter how the the players react. It's you know the, you know they can react in like in in, in awe. It's really, you know, offensive line works together. Right. You know, they're hand in hand. They're gloves. You know, mm-hmm. they're five pieces that work together. So, you know, not having him there, and you know, now what? You know, the piece that takes his place. Does it all work together? Does it all fit? Do they all communicate the right way? Do they all make the right checks? Uh, that's going to be the key for them. Um, you know, so ho- hopefully, uh, it's seamless. Um, but I, I would think, you know, l- luckily for them, it happened this early. Uh, and not later in the in training camp. Talking right now with Coach Rod Woodson here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. And Coach, before we let you go, and, and again, we're con- congratulations on, on getting the head coaching spot for the XFL team playing here in Las Vegas. What's the next step? What what, what goes on now? We know that you're the head coach. We know the places where the, the teams are, are going to be gathered and are going to be playing the home the home markets. What's the next thing that, uh, that you guys have to do? Well, I mean, we're still going to – you know, be talking to guys, and guys are going to be reaching out to us. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we have a, I think there's a kicking combine in, 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 uh, in a little bit down in San Diego, so nice. we're going to, you know, look at some kickers. Uh, you know, it's another asset uh, to the game that we need that's going to be critical to uh, winning football games, so we're going to look at that, and then, you know, then we'll start putting our, our, our game plans together. You know, we'll put our offenses together, defense system, our special team system together, and, uh, and then we'll move forward from there. Well, everything gets going uh, February 2023. That's when the league gets started, and that's when uh, Coach Rod Woodson will be on the sideline as the head man, the head coach of the XFL team here in Las Vegas. Coach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We really do appreciate you, and congratulations again.
Man, I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No doubt about it. There he goes, the Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson, giving us a few minutes of his time to talk all things XFL and uh, his his expectations for his team, what kind of team he's going to have. And, uh, you know, they're going to go fast. They're going to be uh, high-flying. High you know, you're going to go out there and uh, play for the, the name on the front of your jersey, not the name on the back of your jersey. You're going to go out there and ball out. Uh, so he's excited about that opportunity. And then you hear him talking about uh, training camp and what it's like and how much has changed even from when he was in training camp to where it is right now. Many thanks to Rod Woodson for the time this afternoon. 316 is the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson who joined us in the last segment to talk about his opportunity as the XFL head coach. Established right here in Las Vegas and got a little nugget out of that interview. I didn't realize uh, Rod Woodson had lived in Vegas for the last three years. Did not realize that. Would have been biting him on the shore a lot more often. <laughs> That's probably why he didn't tell us. You know, he probably thought, damn, I shouldn't have said that. Now they're going to want me to come on the show all the time. But, no, uh, big ups to Coach Woodson. Woodson hopefully he gets a uh, – uh, he enjoys that uh, that that job as the head coach of the XFL team. And uh, you could tell that football is just life for him. I mean, he's always – even at the Super Bowl, he's always walking around Radio Row talking to everyone. He's just – He's about that life. He's about that football life, and uh, I'm not mad at that at all, and that's what guys do. And, you know, he's had multiple chances to, to be a coach, and now he's got an opportunity to be a head coach. And so I think that's uh, we're going to be a really good opportunity for him. And, you know, the practices are going to – it's going to be kind of strange, man. Practices in Dallas, and then they're going to come all the way to Vegas to play their home games. So uh, they got the one massive hub right there. That's a lot of traveling. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're, they're working on things. You know, all the USFL teams, they all played in Birmingham. So I guess that they're, they're, uh, they're trying to switch things up a little bit but still have the kind of same, same outline or same plan uh, as the USFL did. Just like I said, a little switch up on that. But big ups to Rod Woodson, and thanks so much for his time this afternoon. Coming up at 4.30, we'll have Josina Anderson from CBS Sports join the show, talk all things Raiders and training camp. And we got to ask her about this Kyler Murray situation going on. Got to ask her about this $230 million contract that Kyler Murray signed. He's good. Got $160 million guaranteed. But there's a clause in his contract. I don't know how I'd feel about this if I was Kyler Murray. I mean, of course, you're going to sign it because you're going to get the bag. There is a clause in his deal that requires him to study for four hours a week without the distraction of video games or TV. Or his iPad. Or his iPad. So basically nothing electronic. So basically just study... But isn't he studying off the iPad? Yeah, but I mean... Isn't the playbook electronic? Yeah, it's on the, that Microsoft tablet. They didn't right. say that, that's I guess. That's true. Yeah, that's true. If it's on a Microsoft... Uh, yeah, that's true. The NFL-approved thing. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, again, I'm going to sign the contract because it's a lot of money. I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But I don't know what that says about it. I mean, obviously, they don't think he works hard enough. I mean, that's that's the message I receive. What What do you think when you hear that? That they're trying to put in some silly incentives. Like, obviously, like you said, they're questioning his work ethic. Right. So, what, once he leaves the building, you're worried that he plays video games too much? I don't know if you remember that Sports Illustrated cover. It was him, Bronny James, and some others. But it's like their, their gaming leader. Yeah. Like, just players, people that are in sports, but also making this second life as gamers and streamers. Right. right. So, maybe they're just like, hey, man, your side hustle is interfering a little too much with your, with, real, with your real job. Exactly. That happens at times. Sometimes the side hustle gets in trouble and it gets in the way of the real job, but um, that's a lot of money uh, to let something get in the way of, you know? So uh, that's, that's I don't know. Like I said, we'll ask Josina Anderson about that at 430, what her thoughts on that are. I, I think that's kind of, it's, 
I don't want to say it's disrespectful because they gave him $230 million, right? They gave him $160 million guaranteed, so it's not that disrespectful. If it was disrespectful, they'd be like, no, bro, we can't give you a contract because you don't study and work hard enough. They got to give him the blank disc test. <laughs> the Raiders are probably thinking like, damn, I didn't know we could put a clause in like that. We should have done that 15 years ago. <laughs> we should we should have done that, and then we would we wouldn't be uh you know wouldn't have been in that bad position uh, with Jamarcus Russell. Also, how but, are they going to monitor this? That's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, I have so many questions when it comes to this. You know what I mean? Like that's the one thing that I would never want as a person in general. Just and look, Demon, me, you, we can we can clone ourselves a thousand times, and we'd never make the kind of money that Kyler Murray's making, right? But I just never would want to be the person ever in life. Where they say, yeah, that dude don't work very hard. That dude's cool, but he don't work very hard. You know what I mean? Like, I would never want to be labeled as lazy. And that, to me, when I'm reading that he has to, is required in his new deal to study for four hours a week. First of all, four hours ain't even a long time. They're really bending his arm on this. Right. Twisting his four hours, Kyler. A week? That's less than an hour a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, I, let's, let's be honest about the situation. Four hours a week? Not a day. Not a day. A week. So, I mean, man, just give us the minimal, Kyler. Just give us the minimal. Give us four hours a week. Like a week. Now I'm like, is he, was he in meeting rooms, like talking about Fortnite or something? I have no and idea. they're like, knock it off, man. That's what I'm saying. I have, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Like, I'm not going to ask because it doesn't pertain to the Raiders, but I would love to know how many hours Derek Carr studies off, you know, off ground, off, uh, off the facility, like at home. I'd love to know how much work he does. I have a feeling it's a lot more than four hours a week. I'm not, I don't know. Don't quote me. I obviously don't spend time with him, so I don't know. But I have a feeling that he's studying a little bit more than four hours a week. Just saying. Man, these Gen Z kids are going to ruin contracts for everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be like a, a clause, you know, in everybody's contract. Boiler in the year 2000 or something. That is wild to me. That, that's just, I mean, that doesn't even sound like, that's not a lot of time. Like basically 45 minutes a day? 45 minutes. How I mean, how difficult is that? That can't be that difficult. Just give us four hours a week. That's all we're asking. <laughs> that is... Uh, He's got to come back at the team. You know, because, like, it's funny that this is, you know, out now because it's a clause in the contract, obviously. Right. But maybe the Cardinals will throw some mud at him. What's the holdup with the contract talks? He'd be playing the game too much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, can't get it done. He's he's at the house with the headset on. He's talking trash to some eight year old or whatever that's online playing against him. That's I don't wild. know if you remember this real quick. There was a moment where Carl Anthony Towns he was streaming whatever game he was playing live, mm-hmm. and then I don't forget whichever NBA player. And he's like, "Oh, who y'all playing tomorrow? Come up, stay up, and play like Apex with me." And he's like, "Man, we got the Hawks tomorrow." He's like, "No, you got time then." <laughs> like, really? Yes. Wow. That's funny. So that's the trash talk that's going on. That's funny. I told you about about the the guy that used to call my podcast and have like inside information about the Raiders because he played video games online with somebody within the organization and used to, and told me Alex Leatherwood was going to be the pick. Told me the Baltimore Ravens were going to be first game of the season. I mean, told me a lot of things on the podcast. Like we'd record a voicemail and say, "Oh, Q, this is what I just found out from my video game buddy." I'm like, I kept saying, "Is this real? Like, are we really doing this? Is this what's really going on?" And apparently, it is. Apparently that video game world online is 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 much larger than I could imagine. That's when I know that I'm I don't need to be in that circle, right? When it becomes that large, it's cool, man. If you're at the house and we're playing some video games against each other, cool, no problem. If I gotta all of a sudden get online and do all this other stuff, I'm doing too much. Just doing too much. I understand it's entertainment. 
but I, it's just too much for me. 327 is the time. Let's go. We've got time for one more call. Let's take one call. Two calls. Let's do it. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch. Money Mitch. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All you love that, right? Don't mention the bridge, right? You get very upset. The bridge. The bridge. Oh, I think he's got a side conversation. Oh, going. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, he's talking about the fridge. <laughs> I, all I heard, <laughs> I just got some context, though. Like, in my mind, when I heard his, his, yeah, you like that, yeah, you like that, yeah, you like that, my mind went one place, but then I realized that I think he's playing with his grandson. <laughs> Let's go out the passionate radar. I hope you're ready. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was that was something cute. It's a family oh. show, man. It's a family show. Whoa, whoa, the Grinch. He said it's the Grinch. Whoa. Hey man. Hey Q man. You know, I'm just sitting at work today, man, just listening to all the all the interviews and just everything, you know. And just and just, you know, three, four years ago, we never had the radio like this. I know here in Illinois I didn't have so Every year, I would try to pump myself up every single year and try to say, like, oh, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. But when you sit back and really think about all the coaches we've went through in the last 25 years, none of them have ever been established with anything. And everything that is happening right now is just everything is like, it's, it's, this is like, it's almost like it's make-believe as a Raider fan, man. It really is, man, because we have never, ever, ever had this much good going on at one time i mean from the from the from the general manager to the head coach i mean where they come from with the winning tradition i mean these guys have been trained to win and they're not coming in with any other expectations but to win and i love it how they don't give a care about what your name is best player best man up man and my only concern still is going to be q is going to see how this quarterback is going to play but but again, I know that McDaniels is smart enough to know what he's doing. So I'm just, man, I'm so confident this year. I'm so, I, it's so hard not to just freak out every day. Can't wait because how are you going to stop this offense? How? How? There's not a way if DC plays the right way, man. It's going to be a great year, man. I can't wait to kick off. Let's go, <laughs> Burners! I love it. I love it. I love the buildup. I love the buildup. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell when you're right there at the edge. All of a sudden, passionate builds it up, builds it up, builds it up. It's like boom. Here we go. <laughs> it's like an explosion. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that call, my man. Uh, got this tweet, and it's not directly towards me, but uh, Eddie Brasilli from SiriusXM Radio, who you can catch on the morning tailgate. Uh, I think on Wednesdays he joins the show every Wednesday morning. Uh, he tweeted out, Raider fans should want Alex Leatherwood to succeed at right tackle. It's easier to plug in guards than to struggle at the tackle spot. Parham has a real chance to start as a rookie now. So that obviously has to do with the news of Denzel Good retiring. So uh, let us know your thoughts, Raider Nation. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Salmon ass text line 69187, keyword R&R. Mitch in New Jersey, hit us back when you get the chance. Sorry that we... Uh, we, I, we jumped in in a conversation that I don't think was meant for us. But uh, hit us up uh, when you get a chance. We'll get you right on again. 702-365-9200. Salmon ass text line 69187. Keyword R&R. What is your biggest concern now that pads are, are coming on on Wednesday? The status of the offensive line, especially with the retirement of Denzel Good, or the lack of experience at the cornerback position? Let us know about it. This is Red Nation Radio 920.
It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a tweet from my guy Quick. He said, Q Ball, it's pretty clear the Raiders felt comfortable enough to ask Good to take a pay cut or let him walk. I'd like to think that Parham had a lot to do with that. That's from uh, at Raider underscore level on Twitter, a.k.a. Quick. And, yeah, I mean, I think that that has a lot to do with it. I mean, we look at it, and I look at it. I can't speak for everyone. I'll just speak for myself. I look at it as that's one less guy to compete in that room. And that's what I think in training camp that you need. You need as much competition in the room as possible. Uh, They've put Dylan Parham at the center position. They've put him at the guard position. I mean, they've had him working out at different positions. Some spots he's done really well, some not so much. But again, it's only four days in in the camp. Right, and they have a day off today. They'll get back at it tomorrow. So, I mean, there's there's a lot. I think there's a lot that goes into this, and I also believe that Denzel Good retiring has a lot to do with him too. As we talked to Rod Woodson and Demond asked him, you know, what what a uh, what would be a, a reason in his mind why a guy would retire, and you know, some of it is just he doesn't have the drive to 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 rehab anymore. That was what Rod Woodson said. Hey, I was in the league 17 years. I just didn't want to rehab anymore. I didn't want to go through it anymore. After 17 years, didn't have to, right? I mean, and then some guys just don't have, they don't have the passion for it. They don't have the want to. So there's plenty of reasons. I'm not saying that these are any of Denzel Goods, Goods reasons, but you're right. I mean, if the team already felt like they were going to ask him to take a pay cut, obviously they already imagined life without him or else they wouldn't have asked him to take a pay cut because he could have just said, yeah, no, I'm not taking no pay cut. I'm worth the $3 million I'm supposed to make and I'm going to stick right there. He obviously said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, cut back. Fine. And then he decides that he retires. So uh, Denzel Good, that was the big news of d- today that happened just as we took over the airwaves at 2 o'clock. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. We got back our guy, Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. How's it going, Phil? I apologize. I was just yapping, talking, talking shop, lucky, lucky out of the answer because, uh, you know, it's not really, uh, it's frowned upon, especially with the cameras and truck driving. But I was in the, in the hub, but, uh, uh, talking about, uh, I didn't like that this, this coat is coming back. I mean, I wear the mask inside, but I'll be in the, I'll be in the break room and no one's wearing the mask. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I should retire, too. I'm, 30, I'm like almost 30 years older than this fellow. Uh, get, get back you know, get back on the field. $3 million, the kids get, you get back. Uh, our line is our uh, weakest link, I believe. Um, I think uh, the, uh, our offense is going to overlook that. All the, all the scoring and the running game. But that's the biggest worry is the offensive line. And I want that again, Sack. I remember when he broke his leg. You weren't even in, in, in Vegas that time. Right. All right. Th- thank you for the call, Mitch. I appreciate you. Uh, stay safe out there in those streets while you're out there delivering your packages. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> not sure where Mitch was going <laughs> all the time, but it's okay. I'm not mad at you, my man. I'm not mad at you at all. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Raider X. Raider X, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, you know, I think it's all good, no pun intended, of, uh, you know, the, the release. I think all it is is they're getting ready for the pads and the funnel's narrowing. You know, the cream is rising to the top as they get ready to, you know, to get intensity up there. I think it was understood probably back from the OTAs 
that the cat was just, uh, you know, uh, either it wasn't going to happen in time or he wasn't going to heal right or just gonna, not going to, just wasn't going to be the impact that they, they, they wanted out there. I understand your feelings about, you know, the overall push, you know, the seasoned veteran, you know, giving some guys some, like you said, those little nuggets out there on how to get to prepare themselves and be a true professional. But as you said, you know, I, I think the scheme and the, and the coaches that they have out there have the ability. I think what, what this whole regime is bringing is a lot of teachers, um, from everybody, uh, you know, that's given us feedback, including mm-hmm. yourself, they're talking about a lot of, lot of teaching on the field and a lot of technique. So I think that they feel pretty secure on what they're bringing to the table. And uh, like that other cat talked about, Q, uh, talking about, uh, you know, quick, talking about, you know, yeah, what it, what it means is that, um, you know, they, they, they have some feelings about, you know, farm or they have some, you know, cotton. So, you know, I, I, we're in a good place, brother. We're in a real good place. And like you said, the emphasis is on Leatherwood, on that outside. And obviously, it looks like Miller's going to hold his position. Yeah. So we're going to see, brother. Have a good one, man. Right, thanks Later for, out. Thanks for the call, my man. It's always great to hear from you. And, yeah, I mean, that's the reality of it. You know, I mean, if it was one of those things where – you know, he was a high-paid offensive lineman, and all of a sudden he just up and retired, and there was just a big hole. Like, like say it was Colton Miller, right? If Colton Miller all of a sudden was like, all right, you know what? This has been fun, but I'm out. I'm done. Then it would be like, holy blank, right? Hell, I might say No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to say it. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost worth it, right? I mean, because that would be a major thing. Obviously, the Raiders organization has seen this coming. For me, it, it, it's not – a massive deal, it's just, again, it hurts the competition there at that position. But Denzel Good's job is not to create competition if he's not feeling it. If he's not feeling it and doesn't think that he needs to be there or should be there or can't go, I mean, his job is not to say, well, I need to make sure I sharpen the other guys up. No, I mean, you got to do what's good for you. And also, sometimes with these ACL injuries or in- injuries in general, don't just expect players to pop back just how, oh, he had a year to recover. Everybody's body's differently, and with ACL surgeries yeah. now, I feel like people just imagine, oh, he'll be back next season. Right. Just a year's time, he'll be good. Right. And sometimes, hey, man, like we don't know what his body's going through. Maybe just like the injury, he's not on his own timetable. Well, he wasn't. You could tell, and Adam Hill brought this up when he was we had him on the show. He wasn't in you know in in shape or where he wanted to be in mandatory minicamp. We saw him out at. Um, at training camp, we saw him for a couple days out there. We didn't see him yesterday. So, I mean, there's there's obviously he's trying to work his way back. But you're absolutely right. As a guy who's torn both my ACLs, they, you don't always heal the way that you expect to heal. You think it's going to be, hey, one year. I'll tell you, for me personally, yeah, it was one year till I was physically able to go. But mentally, it took me two years. The, sec- the second year, I was like, okay, I'm back. I'm good, you know, because – it's the mental. A lot of it is more mental than it is even physical. You've got to be able to realize that, hey, I'm okay. I'm not going to hurt myself again. Or you're not leaning too heavily on the other leg or whatever the case may be. That's why I tore my other one because I was, I was, you know, concentrating too much on the other, the other leg instead of the, the one that, uh, you know, was healed. Got a tweet from Aaron. He said, uh, I agree with you, Q. Good retiring hurts the competition, also hurts depth. It's a long physical season, and if one or two guys gets banged up, it could really hurt the Raiders late in the season. I really hope they sign one more guy just for that reason. And that is that is the reality of it. It does hurt the, the depth, and it's going to hurt when or if a guy goes down. As we've seen guys go down, it's a physical sport. Guys are going to get injured. If you don't have a quality backup, you could be in a bad position. And even if Denzel Good wasn't the starter, he might have been exactly what Aaron's talking about, quality backup. Thank you for that tweet, my man. I do appreciate you. Who's up next? Tim in Texas. Tim, calling from the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show, my man. 
Oh, how y'all doing? We're blessed. Um, I'm 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 excited for this season. Uh, last, I was a little bit more excited for last season because I knew we was gonna do something. If y'all remember me saying we was gonna be eighty and old by the uh, when we when, when we went to our break, but um, but uh, even though even though I know even though I know that uh that uh Gruden got screwed around and stuff like that, I still think it was time for him to go, and and it might have been like a blessing in disguise. Because of all the positive things that are happening with the Raiders right now, all the negative stuff that we had going on around us, but um, you know, with them bringing in the new coaching, the new uh, everything coaching, uh, general manager, everything like that, and then the stuff that they, that he's doing in the front office and things like that, um, um, it's I mean, it's real, it's real a, a real positive vibe, and then the people that we brought in uh, uh, as free agents and things like that, I did not think we were gonna get. Uh, um, um, Devontae Adams. Adams. I I did not see that. I, I mean, I wanted it so bad, but when, it, when but when the Packers put that franchise tag on him, I was like, oh man, well I can forget that. But I mean, every <laughs> it just seemed like everything kind of fell into place and worked out this season. Even even getting uh even getting Chandler Jones, you trade you you trade Unique. Even though I I like Unique, you trade him to get a cornerback that you need, and then you turn around and get Chandler Jones, and you're only paying him, what, 3 or $4 million more. I just think everything just worked out so good, and I just hope it keeps going like that when the season starts. There you go, Tim. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Stay safe out there. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of good momentum right now going on with the silver and black. It's so funny. Me and uh, DeMond looked up at the TV here in the studio, and NFL Live was talking about the Raiders. They're talking about pressure. Who? What quarterback in the AFC West has more pressure? I think Mina Kimes said that Derek Carr did. And that's okay. You know, I, I can almost agree with that. Like, hey, you know, he's got a lot of weapons around him. He's got a play caller that's a, a hell of a play caller that's known uh, for being a very good play caller. Now it's up to him to go out there and get it done, and I do believe he can go get it done. He's just got to go out there and make it happen, and that's why they're in training camp right now, trying to work together and build that camaraderie and be a team. Uh, who we got up next, Damon? Raider Mac. Ooh. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Chilling, man. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Hey, I, I'm listening to all this stuff. I'm gonna tell you guys this right now. We do. You, you hit it right on, right on the uh, on the button regarding that lineman. Um, Denzel, was it uh, Denzel? Yeah, Denzel, good. Good, Denzel, good. I just saw it too because I, you know, I've been working. But the thing is, is that we need all the bodies we can in, in training camp. And you hit it right on 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 the nose. cue was that that we that we're gonna miss. Miss bodies. We need to get another offensive lineman. That's the our weakest position in, 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 uh, in besides the DB, and we can't afford to be losing guys like that. But we we just need to get another. You know, for Raider fans and people that say, "Oh, we don't need him." That that I agree with you. We do need that body, and we're gonna miss them. But also, with this Derek Carr thing. It just uh, with I mean Devontae Adams regarding Derek Carr Hall of Fame just. Spread, just just spread <laughs> all over the weekend. I don't know if you heard; it was all over. Um, oh yeah, the the news and stuff. What I don't think Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. That's just my opinion. I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. But he can be one if if he puts a you know he puts something together the next five years. Um, but at this point, he's not a Hall of Famer, and you can't compare him to to, to Rodgers. But but he, that's not saying he can't be a Hall of Famer. And I, I'll close on this. Uh, 
Uh, if we can, Trayvon Mullen, from what I heard, uh, he's supposed to be ready when the season starts. Uh, have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. No, I haven't had any update, and we don't know. Uh, we haven't heard anything, and he's got to come off the pup list before August 23rd. If he doesn't, he won't be eligible to play until at least week five of the regular season. So he's got to be activated before the 23rd of August, which is uh, just under a month from now. So he's got plenty of time. I want to say plenty of time. But we all know how fast a month will go, right? A month go. I mean, we're already at the tail end of July. Hell, I was thinking it was today was July 26th. So I'm already trying to skip a days or something. I don't, I don't know what's going on with me. As far as the Derek Carr conversation, yeah, I heard it. I heard a, a lot about it. And, and that came from the Josina Anderson conversation that she had with Devontae Adams when she was at the facility last Friday. And we'll talk to Josina Anderson coming up at 4.30 about that exact conversation. And when she asked Devontae Adams about going from Rodgers to Carr he and he even explained it really well yesterday uh, at the media session where he was saying, hey, I left out a word. I left out. I, I didn't communicate what I meant to say. I was saying, if you go, even if you go from a Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback, there's going to be a learning curve. That's what he meant to say. What everyone took and ran with was, oh, Devontae Adams has called him a Hall of Famer. Derek Carr, a Hall of Famer, just like Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Famer. Look. Bottom line is, he's not a Hall of Famer. Derek Carr is not a Hall of Famer, and that's okay. That's the thing I've been saying. It, that's okay. The guy has, what, 31,700 career yards. He has 193 touchdowns to 85 interceptions. He's a 92.4 career rating, passer rating. That's good. He's a good quarterback. Now, if he goes and wins a couple Lombardis, look, he's only, he's only what, 31 years old? He's still young. I don't know how long Derek Carr wants to play. He's young. So what Devontae Adams also said yesterday is, why can't he be? And, and that's fair because why can't you? I mean, you can – if he goes – just say he goes and wins, you know, a couple Lombardis, uh, the Raiders dominate the AFC West for the next three or four years, whatever the case may be, then I could see someone having an argument for him being a Hall of Famer. And this is why I say that. They were arguing when I was on Radio Row this past year at the Super Bowl that if Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl, he'd, he, he'd be a Hall of Famer. And I don't sign up for that. I think it takes more than just winning one Super Bowl to say, oh, you're a Hall of Famer. I don't think it matters. It's like we're so worried about labels. We're so worried about titles. We're so worried about legacy. And I get it. That's what it is. It's 2022. That's what people talk about now. And my big argument, I'll I'll argue it here. I'll argue it on ESPN National. Whatever, any chance I get, I'll argue it. Why do we have to be so worried about the legacy and what this player is right now? Why can't we let them just play their game, go out, do what they're going to do, have their career, and then we can worry about it later? And I don't mean I don't mean you. I'm talking about just the people in general that I mean everyone ran with that damn statement from Devontae Adams to the point where when we met with him yesterday, and I think Adam Hill finally said something to him about it, he goes, I was waiting for this one. I was waiting for this one. <laughs> like he was prepared. And he's like, I'm not gonna walk it back, I'm not gonna take it back, but this is what I meant. And that's fine. It's just like we get so caught up as a society, everyone has to be something. This guy's gotta be a Hall of Famer. This guy's gotta be no, he just has to go out there and win some damn games. Win some damn games, go to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl, and hell, if I did all that and they were like, well, Q's not a Hall of Famer, that's fine. Nothing I'm rich wrong and with I got being a ring. Really good player. Right. Nothing it's, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a really good player. Like, that's, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, being in the league in general is cool. Everyone's not in the league. You don't have to always be the best of the best. Is it, would it be nice? Sure. You know, when this, when this whole radio thing is all said and done for me, I don't care if I'm not a Hall of Famer. I'm not a Hall of Famer. I've just had a lot of fun doing something for a very long time. It was great. I was able to provide a, a, a life for my family. Great. Cool. 
What's next? Who knows? Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's all good. Like, everyone doesn't always have to be the greatest of the greatest and worry about legacy. Did you enjoy what you did? Sure. Did you have fun while you're doing it? Yeah. Did you think that you were pretty good at it? Sure. Cool. Did you win some stuff along the way? Yeah. Great. (laughs) You're fine. I mean, the guy's got records as far as Raiders passing yards, this, that, and the other. It's just, it's so funny. And I don't even just mean Derek Carr. I just mean players in general. You know, I had a guy on on a radio show that I was doing sit there and tell me that, you know, uh, um, uh, the Greek freak. He had lined himself up to be the greatest basketball player of all time. I was like, he hasn't even played it. Like, he's only played, like, not even half his career. <laughs> like, can we pump the brakes on that conversation? But Q, two back-to-back MVPs. I mean, a finals MVP, a DP, DPOI. Okay. Come on, Q, the resume's already stacking up for itself. I mean, and I was just like, why are we Why are we having to fast-forward so quickly, right? Can we slow our roll a little bit? Why do we always have to get caught up in that? Real quick, a player that I did think about this weekend after his set at Rolling Loud, was Antonio Brown. I was like, yeah, his career is probably over. So then I looked back at him. Right. And I was like, I'm borderline Hall of Famer. I think he should be in. But though, like, we, you know that someone, right. hey, he's probably not playing another down again. Right. Maybe have those conversations. Yeah. I mean, you know, when someone starts to tail off to the end of their career, cool. No problem. But now, I mean, the guy's 31. You know, who knows? I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to win any Super Bowls. I'm also not saying he's not. The goal when these guys hit the field is what? To win. If they go and if if Carr leads the Raiders to multiple championships, that's what Devontae Adams wants, and he has no problem saying it. Hey, we got a lot of things that we want to establish here. Okay, they go win a couple rings together. Derek stays on the trajectory he's on. I I can hear people having that argument in that conversation. It's fine. You know, I'm glad that I don't ever have to be part of that conversation. Because you know, it's it's arguing those positions is 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 something else, man. It's something special. But yeah, that that was that caught man that that caught like fire. That was incredible. Between that, I think the two biggest storylines of the whole weekend was Paul versus Derek Carr and Devontae Adams saying that Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer when he didn't really say he's a Hall of Famer. I think those were the two biggest conversation pieces all weekend long. Even though these guys were at training camp, just saying. We got time to take a break. What are we gonna do? We're gonna take a call real quick. We got Gangster Raider on the line. Okay, Gangster Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, what's happening, Q? And you a Hall of Famer to me. You're a Hall of Famer in my book. You're a trailblazer, and you're setting paths, and you're inspiring a lot of people. You don't know how many people you inspire. So don't sell yourself short. You're a Hall of Famer to me. And speaking of Hall of Famers, I want to send a big silver and black shout-out to Jerry Rice. Mm. Because Jerry Rice, when he came to the Raiders, he could have been stuck up and acting like a little punk like Brandy Moss and Warren Simp did. But he came, he bought in 100%. He played to the stand that he always played in. And when he came, he already had three Super Bowl rings on his own. He had as many as our organization had. But he bought in, he got us to a Super Bowl, and I hate that we lost that Super Bowl because he was undefeated in the Super Bowl until they lost when he came to us. Mm. But I want to thank Jerry Rice for coming up, being a true professional, staying on that um on that um consummate Pro Bowl level that he played at and brought everybody else to his level and didn't get into no kind of ego battle with Tim Brown like they hit it off perfect and they got us to the Super Bowl. So I want to thank um Jerry Rice for his professionalism and his contribution to the silver and black. And um I think I feel the same thing coming on with Devontae Adams and um Chandler Jones. It's like they come in the same spirit as Jerry Wright and I want to salute both of them and also Jerry Rice. You know what I'm saying? Good looking out and you set the standard for all future Raiders to come. Salute you, Jerry Rice, as you were. I'm gone. Nice. Nice. Good stuff right there. And, yeah, Jerry was the dude when he when he uh, joined the Silver and Black. And him and Tim Brown, what a combination that was, right? Man, and just think. 
Think about this. Steve Young almost was a Raider. I mean, he almost became a Raider at one point, and that's why the 49ers had to move on from Joe Montana and make Steve Young that guy because he he was about to head across the bridge to to the silver and black. Could you imagine? Uh, can you imagine Steve Young throwing that rock? Even though you know, obviously Rich Gannon was was great, you know, for the for the Raiders. But man, could you imagine that combination, Steve Young to Jerry Rice to Tim Brown, and uh, what could have really been? And he would have come over uh, actually before before even Jerry got there. So, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of what-ifs, obviously, but uh, there's a lot of players that have either gotten really close to playing for the Raiders or have played with the Raiders. And uh, I think to a T, for the most part, everyone that you hear, and, and except for the couple players that, you know, Gangster Raider mentioned, most players really enjoyed their time with the Silver and Black. And, of course, obviously there wasn't always winning times, but they still enjoyed their times. 3.56 is the time. Thank you for the call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, he got to meet with the media on Saturday. We'll have a few sound bites from him. Plus, we'll go over some more of your text messages and your calls. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.